Before we get to the resurrection, uh, we first see Jesus uh, go to the cross. And I want to just maybe run through a few things that are going to be really important before we jump into a story in the Old Testament. Message this morning, I've titled Life in the Tomb. And I was debating between another title and maybe we could just do both because it's Resurrection Sunday. Who says we can't do two titles on a Resurrection Sunday? Two titles on this Resurrection Sunday. The second one is Take Back What Belongs to You. Take Back What Belongs to You. It's interesting, before we get to Jesus being raised from the dead, he is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he is praying. He's asking his disciples to pray with him. And when he's praying, the Bible says that he asks if the cup should pass from him, but then says... Let it not be passed for me, but let your will be done. At this, Jesus is betrayed. The moment that he needs his disciples, he's betrayed. Now let's run through this really quick. After his betrayal, the Bible tells us, and if we take the four Gospels, these are some of the things that would take place. After he is betrayed, he would face four different trials, the last of which would be with Pilate. We know that Pilate hands them over to be crucified at the roaring crowd saying, crucify him, crucify him, let his, let, their, let his blood be upon us and our children. He is then scourged, or they would use like a, 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 a flagrum, they say, that has leather whips and these lead balls or lead tips on the end that would literally rip your flesh off as you get hit by it. A person would be beat, beat until the point of almost being dead. Then he would take up a cross and he would go uh, the, the journey which is, which is called um, Via Dolorosa. It's from the Antonian Fortress all the way to Golgotha, about 650 yards. His be beaten and broken body would be carrying this cross up to Golgotha, about six and a half football fields. Then when he's there at the cross... He'd be laid on this cross, he'd be nailed to it, wrists and feet, and then he'd be hung on this cross. And they say most people, when they hang on the cross, what they would actually die from is suffocation. They wouldn't actually die because of bleeding out, because the nails are maybe, in a sense, holding the blood within your wrists and your feet. They'd be in excruciating pain, and they'd be hanging there all day. Now, this is happening right before Sabbath. And so his body has to be taken down before Sabbath. And so when the soldier approaches Jesus, Jesus right before this says seven different statements off the cross. One of which is, it is finished. Now keep a note that he says it's finished before he is resurrected. It's finished. And then the Bible says he gives up his spirit. Because in John he tells us earlier when he's still alive that the Father has given me authority to lay down my life and to take it up again and so on the cross he doesn't just he doesn't die because he's in so much pain he f he finishes the work that God has sent him to do and he actually gives up his life on the cross and the Bible says he breathes his last and he gives up his spirit when the soldier comes up he is surprised that Jesus is dead already because what they would do is what they did to the other two that hung with Jesus. They break your legs, and what happens here is when a, when a person is hanging on the cross, he would use the pinpoint of where the nail is through his feet to push up and to take a breath when he's hanging on the cross. 
But when they break your legs, you would not be able to pull yourself up with your arms. And you would not be able to push, push, push yourself up from your feet anymore. And so you'd begin to suffocate. But the soldier is surprised when he comes up to the cross of Jesus hanging in the middle that he's already dead. And they do not break his legs, fulfilling another prophecy that no bone would be broken upon the Son of Man. Then they take his body down, they clean it up, they anoint his body. We know Joseph prepares his tomb for Jesus. They wrap his body in linen, they put him in a tomb. All the disciples in this moment have been scattered. Jesus is by himself. Not only by himself, he is dead. He is dead and he is in a tomb. And they roll the stone in front of the tomb. And this is, you could say, the final place of Jesus. The finished place of Jesus before we get to resurrection. It's his dead body, his broken, beat up body. Isaiah says you could not even tell if he was a man. He was so beaten. And they put this body in the tomb and they roll the stone in front of this tomb. Now, if, if we could say it's over, uh, this right about here is over. As Jesus is, 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 has been crucified, he's been wrapped in the cloth, he's been put in the tomb. This guy is dead, and he is in the tomb. His disciples are afraid. They're, they're scattered. They're, 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 they're afraid for their own life. It's over. Are you here? Now, before we get any farther, let's jump to a story in 1 Samuel chapter 30. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, as you're going there, I'm just going to go through this story kind of by memory. But in this story, it says David is returning to Ziglag with his men. Ziglag is the place of their home. And as they're coming back to their home, when they come to it, the Bible says that they find Ziglag to be burnt to the ground. And all of their wives and all of their children are missing. And the Bible says, of course, they begin to weep. These are a group of fighting men, the army of David. They begin to weep. And, the, and what it continues to say is they weep until they have no more strength to cry. Not just strength to fight. Not strength to pursue their enemy. Not strength to get back their wives and their children. They don't have strength even to cry. There is no more strength even to shed another tear. And on top of this, it says that the men surrounding David now want to stone him. David is in a very hard place. David is about to be killed by his own guys. David lost his children and his women and his wives. And the men of his, the wives of his men and children all, have all been taken. And they're all weeping till they have no more strength to weep. And yet here it says that David finds strength in God. And I thought to myself, how does David find strength in God? He puts on the effort, he goes into God's presence and he says, God, what shall I do? Shall I pursue the enemy? And God gives him a word. says, pursue the enemy and you will take back everything that belongs to you. And David encourages his men, strengthens his men, 
by what he's received. Obviously, if they have no strength to even cry, there's something David begin to do from that moment to get his men ready to begin to pursue this army. He begins to tell him what God did. He begins to tell him the promise God gave him. He begins to tell him what he received in the presence of God. And he strengthens his army, and they begin to pursue the enemy. Now, an interesting thing that happens is that as they pursue the enemy, they find a young man out in the wilderness. And this young man has been left to die. In fact, it says, for three days he has been there have not eaten, and he has not drink, drink any, drunk any water, drink any water, and he's out there dying. And David comes along his path and says, who are you? I'm an Egyptian that was sold. I fight for the Amalekites. The Amalekites. And they begin to have conversation, and they begin to make, and they make a deal, and the young man says, I will show you where the enemy is if you would only save my life. Before this, they feed him, they give him water. And the man that was as good as dead in the wilderness begins to come back to life. Now, this is interesting to me because Jesus is, is as good as dead in that tomb. His disciples are not there, his body is wrapped in the cloth. The tomb is closed by a huge stone. It's finished. David is pursuing an enemy, finding strength in God, receiving a word from God, but on the journey to pursue his enemy, God puts a young man in his path who has been dying in the wilderness for three days. We find strength in God in the moments that we have no strength. It says they had no strength even to cry. See, it's our responsibility. And what I want to talk about kind of going back and forth with the story of Jesus in the tomb before he's raised from the dead and David. Is there's a finished work that we have to complete. And there's a finished work that God completes. See, when Jesus hung on the cross, he said it's finished. But he had not been raised from the dead. Because it wasn't for him, or I should say, it wasn't up to him to be raised from the dead. It was up to him to die on the cross. See, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were facing the fire, it wasn't up to them to save their life. It was up to them not to bow in worship. They didn't bow in worship. And they said, even if you throw us in the fire, and even the God that we believe in, if he does not save us, we will still not bow. They had strength in God because they made a decision not to worship who are they not supposed to worship. They stood in the crowd that everyone bowed in. See, it's interesting. Jesus also was standing faithful before God even when all the disciples had deserted him. He did not even raise his voice before Pilate to make himself innocent before Pilate. Pilate saw without words that this man was innocent but still gave him up to die. There are things that we have to do. And God begins to do what only God can do. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he understood, this is the moment that I came here for. It was up to Jesus and his obedience to God to go to the cross and die a death. This is why Paul said in Philippians, he was obedient to death and even death on the cross. He obeyed God's word and he went to the cross in obedience to that word. Are you here? 
And when he was hanging on the cross, he said, it is finished. It's like Elijah when he was preparing the altar against the, uh, against the servants of Baal. And he said, remember this, remember this thing he said, I have done everything according to your word. Now do what only you can do. And when he did everything that God told him to do, then the fire came. David receives strength in God, receives a word from God, but something happened on the way that only God could do. Happened to be a servant that was dead for three days in the wilderness, dying for three days. And it's interesting, the servant takes him to the troop, takes him to the army to overtake the army and take back what belongs to him. When we obey God, there will always be something or someone or him or his word or his spirit on the way of our journey to do only what he can do. When David went to pursue the enemy, God put a servant, a young man who was dying in the wilderness for three days. Does this sound familiar to you? He put somebody there in the desert who would lead them to the, to the army that took back, that took their children and took their wives and took all their possessions and took all their riches. He led them there through this young man. Jesus finished the work on the cross. He was laid in the tomb, but it was our God that was about to raise him from the dead. When we obey God's word, when we trust God, when we trust his Holy Spirit, we will find ourselves to be in a place have done, having done everything he told us, to now waiting for what only he can do. Hebrews 12, 2 says that he is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured, endured the cross, despising its shame, and he was seated at the right hand of the throne of God. 1 Corinthians 15, 14 says, If Christ had not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless and your faith is useless too. We have a complete faith. This word that's used in 1 Corinthians 15 says our faith would be useless. In other words, our faith would be empty or void if Christ had not been raised. But we know that Christ was raised. We don't have an empty faith. We have an empty tomb. And faith that we've, been, that we've received is complete. Are you here? Our faith is complete. We have a complete faith. If it wasn't for the resurrection of the dead, we would not have a complete faith. In fact, the faith that we claim to have would be useless. But we have a complete faith. See, where I am right now in the faith that I have, God wants to finish this work within me. The faith that he started in me, he wants to finish this faith in me. What is finished faith? Finished faith is fulfilling all that God had commanded us to do. Finished faith is whatever God told us to do, we did it. God, according to your word, I've done it. Finished faith is not just lifting hands and screaming and shouting and saying amen. Finished faith is obeying God's word. Finished faith is doing what God told us to do. The, the, the heroes of faith in Hebrews 12, why are they heroes of faith? 
Because all that God told them to do, they did. Stay with me. All that God told them to do, they did. And that the doing of what God told them to do, God did what only he could do. Maybe right now when we have more time at home, it is the perfect opportunity to take back what maybe, maybe, what maybe we have lost. Take back prayer in our homes. Take back fellowship in our homes. Take back inviting some people over in our homes. Take back maybe, maybe having some tea and talking with our wife before we go to sleep at home. Maybe, maybe spending more time with our kids at home. What is it that we have lost that maybe right now God is wanting us to take back? If the fullness of my Christianity is only happening in the house of God, have we lost something? His word does not return, return void. Remember in Psalms, in Psalms 16.10, a prophetic word about Jesus' Resurrection, you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. His resurrection power comes upon us, comes upon our life. In most cases, in the moments where we have done what God has asked us to do. Now, this resurrection power, the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, it's the same Spirit that lives in us that raised Christ from the dead. But the raising power that's within us, the Holy Spirit raising us up in the moment that we need it the most, is often following the moments where we obey God's word and wait upon God to do only what he can do. Life came right there in that tomb. Now I want you to think about this before we close and pray. Now if I could get this camera to zoom in on me right here. Zoom in on me. Now everyone here is going to think I'm looking kind of funny, you know, playing with the camera, but people at home are going to see you. Are you zoomed in right here? Now in this place that I'm in, in my life, and just like Jesus was in that tomb and just like David was, was surrounded by his men and had nothing to rely on or hope in, David was in arguably one of the toughest places in his life. No, no one to encourage him or say, David, it's going to be okay. We're going to do this together. David, by himself, finds strength in God, receives a word from God, and begins to go. Jesus fulfills every word the Bible says. Stay with me. Jesus fulfills every word. Every prophetic word is fulfilled. Every commandment that God spoke to him is fulfilled. Everything Jesus saw and heard, he did. He finishes everything God told him to do. He's hanging on a cross. He's put in a tomb. And now his body is dead. And the end of every man, which is death, is about to be the beginning of a new era. And you at home right now, no matter where you're at, like the Medvedia family and the Primachenko family, they had a tomb of a situation. They were in a place that they didn't want to be in. But they were in and they began to pray. Now what we do in this moment, as the camera is right here around me, what we do in this moment is we pray to get out. And the camera's going to stay, watch this. We pray to get out of that situation. 
We're good? Am I, am I out? We pray to get out. You don't see me right now watching from your phone or your home. We pray to get out of the situation. David didn't pray to get out of the situation. David found strength in God in that situation. Jesus did not put his hope or his strength in his disciples or trusting that someone was gonna save him, from the, save, him, save him in that moment. He gave up his spirit to the Father, trusting that the Father would do what even David spoke about in Psalms. There are many scriptures in the Old Testament that speak of the resurrection of David, the resurrection of Jesus. And Jesus puts his trust in the resurrecting power as his dead body is laid in that tomb. We pray to be out of that situation. We pray, God, take me out of where I am. Why is this happening to me? What can I do? God, God, God why me? Have you forsaken me or abandoned me? Why, where are you, God? And we say all these things, but it's in those moments that we can actually find strength in God. It's in those moments God is there and he's got a word ready for us. And so when I'm in that situation, and I'm not praying for God to take me out of it, but I begin to pray, God, I need a word from you in this situation. I need strength from you. I have no strength. And in this place, in that tomb, we begin to find strength. God's word is not going to return void. And as Jesus' dead body is laying in this tomb of maybe where you're at right now, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes upon him and raises him from the dead in that very same tomb. This is very important. He didn't take him to the temple. His dead body was raised in that tomb. He didn't take David to paradise in that very hard place. He gave David a word. He gave David a word where he needed it, where he positioned himself. God, I, I need your word to pursue my enemy. And God gave him a word. And then we see God begin to do what only God can begin to do. When David's coming back from his fight, he tells his men, the Lord gave us this victory. The Lord gave me back my wife, gave me back my kids, gave me back all my possessions that I had lost. Remember Job when he had lost things, he says, the Lord has returned to me those things that were taken from me. And in that very tomb of our life, it is there that we can find strength. It is there that the Holy Spirit can quicken us, can raise us up, can give us what we need and sometimes, sooner or later, not sometimes, sooner or later, that stone will be rolled away and you will not be in that tomb anymore. But until then, when we face things like we faced these last few weeks with the Primachenko family, now if we're honest, sometimes when you hear the update of how she was doing, you get afraid. You get afraid maybe even begin to worry, maybe as you're praying, there's all kinds of thoughts going through your mind. Only God knows even what you are going through, David, when you're praying for Angela, when you're praying for your baby. And it seemed like, man, why am I in this tomb? Why am I going through the things I'm going through? But it's in that very place that God's strength begins to come. God's word begins to come. Faith begins to rise. His Holy Spirit begins to do what only it can do. Maybe it's this season for the church that God has given us to take back the things that we have lost. So what if the church is full of people? What if our home is empty of his presence? 
I can't hear a good sermon in person. What if I'm not hearing God's word at all in my life? What's worse? His resurrecting power is not just power to give us victory over the enemy. It's power to take back everything that has been taken from us. It's not just power for me to have a great shout, for me to have a good attitude. It's power to take back what's been taken from me. You see, from that moment, Jesus didn't just roll the stone away. He broke down the gates of hell. He took our salvation. He took our redemption. He presented his blood before the Father. Our, our healing was fulfilled in him. Our redemption was fulfilled in him. Our future was fulfilled in him. The call, the plan, the destiny of God upon our life was fulfilled in him. All things that had been lost were taken back through Christ. Why? Because he did everything and he said it's finished. And then God began to finish his work. Have we finished what God told us to do? Because if we have done what God has told us to do, now we just wait in that place for him to do what only he can do. God is able right there where you are to give you a word. God is able right there where you are to raise you up. God is able to roll that stone away. God is able to turn around the situation. God is able. Every promise in Christ is yes and amen. His dead body was laying in that tomb, but it ain't there anymore, and yours won't be either. Now we celebrate. We celebrate that Angela's at home. But that tomb wasn't easy to be in. Sometimes it's those places that are the hardest for us that we make room to hear God's word and we are available for his presence to begin to do what only it can do. Right now I want to ask everyone to stand. If you're at home listening, we're going to be praying for, praying for you, praying for your family right now. If I could have Rod come forward and Alex Medvedev come forward. We're gonna be doing a prayer right now. We're gonna be praying. One of these gentlemen will be praying for maybe healing, praying for families, praying for jobs. We're just gonna do a prayer. I'm gonna start this prayer. You know, I wrote down in my notes that the tomb, the tomb in every human, you know, in human perspective is definitely the end. The tomb, as far as us as humans go, it's over. It's the end of human effort. It's the end of me trying to change something. Maybe you have done everything you can to change a certain situation that you maybe are going through or in. And our strength that does run out. That this is this is this is that place of the tomb. There we don't see Jesus healing people in that tomb. He's dead. But because he did everything that God had told him to do, we have a victorious end to this story. He gets raised. It, keep this in mind. In that moment, God didn't give him a new body. The very body that was torn and crucified was the very body that was raised back to life. We don't need to change the, the, the zip code of where we are or move out of where we are. We need to allow him to do what only he can do within us. Your body that might feel weak and there's too much against you, it's that same body that God can fill with his spirit right now 
whether you're sick, whether you're feeling, feeling hopeless, whether you're feeling, feeling alone in this season, not being around people as much, whether you feel like your faith is getting weak because you're not coming to church, the same body right now, the Holy Spirit can begin to fill and strengthen and lift up and give faith to and, and renew and, and raise you up where you are for you to walk out of that tomb. If in this season, in these last few weeks as we've been, as we've been gathering only online, you've been a hard, having a hard time with your faith, having a hard time in your walk with God, maybe even stepping away, maybe even compromising in some areas. The, the church altar is not the only place you can get right with God. Right now where you are, if the Holy Spirit is convicting you in certain areas, maybe like the men of David, you uh, were ready to pick up stones and blame people instead of finding strength in God. The Holy Spirit wants to help you right now. His conviction is only to lead you out. His conviction is only to lead you out of where you are. So I wanna pray for every person right now watching us online, every person that's hearing this right now that maybe is being convicted in a certain area. Maybe there's even condemnation because of some of the things that you've been going through. God, we just pray for genuine repentance right now to take place in every home, every person watching in Jesus' mighty name. If they're not right with you, God, we pray right now that they would get right with you. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you that you are not limited to the place of the church to bring conviction and to save someone's life, but right there where we are, as we hear the words of God, as we hear your word, the Holy Spirit is able to bring conviction. The Holy Spirit is able to bring salvation, to bring healing, to renew us. And so I ask you right now, Father, as every person listening, as those, God, that are maybe going through the prayer right now, repenting right where they're at, Holy Spirit, thank you for your fresh strength. Holy Spirit, thank you for your renewal right now upon their life. In Jesus' mighty name, I want you to even pray with me. Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus, who died for me and who was raised to life for me. I give you my life right now, right where I am. I give you my life. Forgive me for maybe stepping away. Forgive me for not believing. Forgive me for losing faith. I come to you the way that I am and I ask you, God, forgive me. Forgive me and help me where I am. Right here in my tomb, would your life come? Would your Holy Spirit come into my situation right now? Give me faith that comes from your word. Let your Holy Spirit raise me up and strengthen me. In Jesus' mighty name, I give you my life. I pledge to follow you the best that I can. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Father, I thank you for every listener right now. And I pray specifically for those that are getting right with you right now. I pray for those, Lord, that maybe have been having a hard time walking right before you. And I pray for them in Jesus' mighty name. God, it's in this season that you want to show them, God, what it's like to truly walk with you, to remain in your word, to be led by your Holy Spirit. That it's not just the building of the church that defines our Christianity, but it's our relationship with you. And I just thank you, God, right now, a season for them to take back what belongs to them, to take back what you've given to them. In Jesus' mighty name, I thank you so much if prayer has been lost, if your word has been lost in their life, meditating on your word, being in the right, uh, being in the right mindset, keeping the thoughts higher, keeping the eyes fixed upon you. 
having the right circle of friends and fellowship, whatever has been lost. Maybe it's communication with their spouse or communication and relationship with their children. Right now we pray for a returning, a returning of those things in Jesus' mighty name. Anything that might have been lost with you, God, we pray for it to be taken back right now in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you for the taking back of relationship with you, walking with you, being in intimacy with you, God, being in communication with one another, with our family. We thank you for the taking back of those things within our home. In Jesus' mighty name.